Um, and that was the thing, when the sun went down, they sped up massively and the cramp just disappeared. Um, but because of that, the earlier delays, um, I came down into Ogwin Valley uh, panicking that I wasn't going to be able to make the ferry. Um, uh, again, I had Warren helping me for the final leg there. And Warren said, uh, well, should be able to get you around this leg in uh, under four hours. And that would mean that my entire buffer was gone plus an extra 10, 15 minutes. So it was like Maria would have to floor it in the van to get us to the ferry. And I said, well, is there anywhere to escape from the, that leg to just save a bit more time, even if it means cutting out a peak or two? And he said, well, yeah, there is. So we can do that if we have to. All right, we'll set off. We may as well. We can still make the ferry. Uh, as it happened, I was feeling pretty damn good. <laughs> and uh, we did that leg in three hours and 20 minutes. Absolutely flew around it got to the end, jumped in the van, drove about 200 metres, shouted to Maria, stop the van now, jumped out and vomited. That, my friend, was Ross Jenkin. And this is the Inspiration Runners Podcast. Hey, everybody. How's everyone doing on the eve of Christmas Eve? My name is Robbie Marsh and I'm your host, so welcome to the podcast. It's been a couple of weeks since the last episode was released, but the wait was worth it as we have a two-hour feature with the round machine himself, Ross Jenkin, who earlier this year completed all four of the UK's infamous mountain rounds within the same week. The well-known English Bob Graham round, the Welsh Paddy Buckley, the Scottish Charlie Ramsey, and our very own local Northern Ireland round, the Dennis Franken. The challenge involved 152 summits with 387 kilometers, which is 240 miles of challenging terrain, with 31,800 meters of ascent, which I think equates to around 104,000 feet of elevation, which is absolutely mind-blowing. And Ross amazingly completed the 4 at 40 challenge in less than 7 days, which is quite astounding. I've added the numbers to the show notes if you'd like to take a look. Ross, who has been a beacon of light for those struggling with mental health and depression, completed the challenge for Calm, which is the campaign against living miserably. I've added a link in the show notes if anyone would like to donate for this increasingly important charity. Before we start, I'd just like to give a shout out to XL Sports and the Seven Sisters Skyline, which is fast becoming Ireland's greatest mountain race. The main event is the 55km scramble across the Derry Bay Mountains in Donegal, which has just over 4,000 metres of elevation. The race is being held on the 21st of May and XL Sports has put up a €5,000 prize fund, which includes €1,000 for first male and female runners. There is also a smaller 30km event which takes in all of the seven of the seven sisters from Muckish to Errigal and all inspirational runner followers can gain 10% discount with the code INSPIRE10. I've been lucky enough to survive the long and short distance event and look forward to throwing my hat back into the ring of May so hopefully see you there. Not to delay you any further, it's with great pleasure I give you Ross Jenkins. Yeah, I'd rather do that first before we, uh, we break it on down. So we'll start with the Bob Graham, because it's the most famous one, I think. It certainly is, yeah. Um, tell yeah. me what you know about it. Well, uh, Bob Graham himself was a uh, well-known sort of fell runner slash walker, um, and he uh, devised this route um, as a way to sort of experience the whole of the Lake District um, in, in 24 hours. Um, he... Uh, 
he he completed the round. Uh, now the date he did it, I can't remember now, but it's it's a long time ago. You're talking uh, best part of a hundred years ago that he did it first. I think it may have been in the forties ish, something like that. Um, and since then, all the all the greats have uh, done it, along with a whole load of of average normal Joes who just try and trying to do something as a bit of a challenge and. Ultimately, it's 42 peaks um, around the Lake District, um, all of which are Wainwrights, although um, some of the summits on the Bob Graham are not the summit that is classed as the Wainwright summit. So there might be two summits on a peak um, and Bob Graham goes to one and the Wainwrights go to the other. So uh, it's, uh, it's a bit strange like that. Um, traditionally, it's done in a clockwise um, direction, uh, starting up Skiddle and uh, finishing at the end, coming down Robinson, uh, starting and finishing in Keswick. I've done it in both directions, um, and uh, it, it, it's uh, approximately 100 kilometres, so it's about 60, 65 miles-ish and uh, covers eight and a half thousand meters of height gain over that time and the idea is to try and do it within 24 hours if you if you get within 24 hours you are um, eligible to be part of the bob graham club many many people have done it outside the 24 hours sometimes over two or three days as a backpacking trip um but uh, to be part of the club you have to do it under 24 hours and that does involve for the vast majority of people running and a lot of training to do it um, the record was held by uh, Billy Bland for a long time where he had 13 hours 50 something, 52 I think um, but he also famously uh, did it with his nephew and walked it the whole way around and still did it within 24 hours so it is possible um, to do it walking but I, can't, I can only imagine how fast he was walking up those hills <laughs> yeah. to managed to do it within 24 hours by walking that's mad like he's i think it was a 36 year record he had and it the was one, the one yeah. and only killian Jeanet it took to yeah. come over and smash that but it just shows you how big the bob graham is you know when it draws people like killian absolutely and and the the major difference between when billy bland did it 30 odd years ago and killian did it a couple of years ago um you've got all the technology of uh, equipment and uh, nutrition and everything but you also have the fact that when Billy did it there was no trods there was no paths um, and for example the route down um, Great Carver was just heather there was no path at all whereas uh, Killian did it and I did it when there are the whole route is trods you you don't need a map and compass really because, because it's so obvious. I mean, you always should have a map and compass, <laughs> um, but it's, it's a very, very obvious route now. Um, so it's, it makes it all that more impressive that the people did it 20, 30, 50 years ago. Yeah, um... uh, it's so obvious the routes to take for pretty much everything now. Um, I'll be the same. I first did a recce of, the, of parts of the Bob Graham about six years ago, and even then, many of the trods weren't there it was still having to navigate um and having to use either a gpx or a map and compass um but now it, 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 all the paths are obvious it's only when the snow's down that it really becomes challenging 
Still not taking it away. It's just we're just trying to emphasize how incredible Billy Blam was during his round. <laughs> Bob Graham round on the twenty four hours, um, just on the sixty six miles, twenty seven thousand feet or whatever it is. You know, yeah. it's still a it's momentous like challenge. And I, I just think a lot of people have learnt from each other as well and how to yeah. tackle sort of rounds like that. Um, we did have, we had both Beth Pascal and George Foster on the podcast sure. as well, who both broke their re- record last year and both linked to Martin Cox. Yeah. Um, Beth Pascal's record was unbelievable. Oh, unbelievable. You know, not, yeah. not, well, we'll call him the greatest sex just <laughs> for peace. <laughs> um, but you know, her, her time was, I think it was like 14 hours, something. Yeah. yeah. Um, that is unbelievable. Unfortunately, she's going through a bit of a, a tough time at the minute after winning the Western States. You know, she's right. got a bit of injury at the minute, like, yeah. um, which is sad to see, but I'm sure she'll pull through it. But, yeah. you know, it, it is the big one, isn't it? Like, the Bob Graham is... Wor- it's certainly the most well-known um, and uh, there's been the most uh, most completions. It's something around 2,500, 2,800, something like that. I think I'm number 2,600 and something. <laughs> Um, so yeah it's in and around that it's a lot of people have done yeah. it within the 24 hours starts and finishes at the infamous Moot Hall I think that is that's, indeed it's got a lot of tradition around it as well so yeah um, you're not as use GPS uh, no you can you can use GPS <coughs> okay. uh, GPS uh, that's no problem with, with the Bob Graham it's encouraged that you recce and you know the route but there's nothing in the rules saying you can't use GPS on the Bob so that's the UK round. Um, heading yep. up to Scotland, then yep. we have the Charlie Ramsey. Yeah, Charlie Ramsey is a bit of a different beast, and one of the most interesting things about the origins of the Charlie, Charlie Ramsey, um, and this is something that I'm going to tell you now, which most people do not know, and are surprised to hear it, which is actually slightly shocking in itself. Charlie Ramsey was a black man. And or is a black man. He's alive still, and he's uh, still running. Um, and it's it's amazing that in Scotland, um, at in the seventies, nineteen seventy two, I believe that he did it. Um, he was a at the forefront of mountain running in Scotland, which, when you're talking about inclusion and uh, all that type of thing, it's it's absolutely phenomenal. And he is so sort of understated and doesn't doesn't want to uh, be recognized for being a black man as a as a mountain runner in the uk but he ha- he's uh, leading the way for um uh black and uh, uh other ethnic minorities within mountain running it's phenomenal but the actual route itself um starts and finishes at the uh, youth hostel in glen nevis um again I, I did it clockwise but you can do it either direction um i think Nikki has uh, Nikki Spinks did it the same direction as me. Um, I was actually talking to her that convinced me that it was uh, the better route. <laughs> um, I definitely wouldn't uh, go against what Nikki tells you anyway. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, she's pretty experienced. But yes, um, <clears throat> the big difference really is that uh, instead of it being in five legs with good road crossings and good support points, you've only got three legs. Um, and the two crossings or support points are a long way from anywhere. So the first one, if you're going clockwise, is up at, um, 
it's a place named Fursit. Um, and the car park for that is about a kilometre and a half, two kilometres from where you cross the track. Um, if you get a key to the gate, you can drive up because it is a big four before track, but n nobody has that. So you have to, th th your supporters have to walk in to help you there. And then at the second support point, um, it's actually at Loch Elid Moor, where the walk in from Kinlochleven is about 10 to 15 kilometres, 12 kilometres, wow. something like that. So it's really quite, uh, quite something, even for the supporters. Um, I was lucky enough to organise and arrange for a 4 before to take my supporters in and take my, my other supporters back out again to that point. Um, just because I didn't know how long they'd be waiting around yeah. and I wanted to make it as easy on them as possible. So that worked quite well, but 99% of people don't do that. <laughs> um, it's had far few pe fewer people doing it, something around the 200 odd mark. Right, okay. um, and uh, it's it's a lot more serious that you don't <laughs> see anyone um i mean in the i was on the route for around 29 hours and i think we saw about four mountain bikers on um, a major track near loch Moor, and we saw one hiker um on the gray corries area and that's it uh, right of course on ben Nevis itself on the way up and down there you, you're likely to see people yeah, but yeah. Other than that, you just don't see anyone. How long is um, it? It's uh, slightly shorter, uh, about 92, 93 kilometres, but about the same in height gain, 8,400 or 8,200 metres of height gain, something like that. Um, and uh, I think it's harder to get within the 24 hours, but uh, it's still... It's, it's it's a similar sort of challenge um it goes over 23 of the monroes doesn't it so here in northern ireland we have our highest peak obviously is sleeve donard yeah which is 850 meet, meters which is just under 2800 feet so the each of yeah. the monroes are over 3000 feet exactly <laughs> <laughs> so. uh, yeah there's there is actually one summit on it uh which you don't need to do because it's not a monroe but it's still bigger than Donald. <laughs> um, yeah, and, and you're talking about... feel my about... ego getting rubbed there. I'm like, hold on a second. I need to stick up for Donald here. <laughs> yeah, um, it just I... puts it in context, though. Puts it in context. Yeah, absolutely. To get that same level of um, height gain with half the number of peaks, um, it just tells you what it's like. And, and we're not just talking about hills. They are mountains with serious ridges. Um, the uh, the Ring of Steel area um, with Devil's Ridge. You're talking about a knife edge ridge, um, and with six or seven hundred meter drops on each side. Uh, it, it's incredibly dramatic and beautiful. Um, uh, sometimes, but unfortunately, I wasn't really in the state to appreciate it as much as I should have been. <laughs> so you need to be really prepared going into that one. You know, oh, it's, yeah. it's not about let's throw a hat in here and see whether or not we can get around because it sounds no. very isolated, very challenging. Um, yeah. Things can go wrong. You need to be well prepared, have all your kit checked and validated and understood that it's going to work. Yes. Yeah. And, and you have to be prepared for serious mountain conditions. We were there in um, June and there was snow on the top. Jesus. It is wild and exposed uh, up there. Like, isn't it, it is. 
Uh, I actually heard a report that it was going to snow and that there was still snow on the top. So just in case, I chucked my, my winter ki kit, like my motorbikes and ice axe in the van, just in case it was that serious. It wasn't to that point, but it, it could have been That's in wild. June. <laughs> so then we have the Welsh Ryan, Paddy Buckley, which is a yeah. bit of a nemesis for people. It certainly is. Uh, the rules are a bit different in the paddy. You have to do it clockwise, although you can start at any one of the five, uh, five road crossings. Um, and you don't have to do it within 24 hours, which is uh, quite handy. But most people want to try and do it in 24 so that it really does uh, sort of fit the same model. Um, it's similar height gain similar distance i think it's slightly longer at about 106 108 kilometers but it's very very similar um but it's again it's less done i think there's only about 200 people have done that one as well it's a lot more rugged isn't it yeah yeah um the only part of it that is uh sort of well trodden really is and the paths are obvious is the snowden leg the rest of it Although there's a lot of people that go along it, it's all on rough rock and uh, over the glitters and scree and everything. Scree. Like... Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's it's quite a quite an undertaking, and um, I think one of the reasons why it's a bit of a nemesis for people is the navigation is tough. Um, it's a lot of low cloud as well, doesn't it? Like yeah, yeah. You can't mess around with it. Um, there were certainly parts on uh, whether I when I've done it on the glitters, which I bear in mind I've done the glitters and Trifan probably twenty times, and we couldn't find the summit. <laughs> so it's it, it was mad the the weather conditions and doing it at night and the the type of rock it is there it's it's just this great big mountain of uh, tumble down rocks. Um, we're talking big rocks, so you can't really see what's the summit and what's not. <laughs> yeah, so then we have our local round. I'm going to call it our local round. Obviously, I live in the Mole Mountains here, the Dennis Rankin Round, which is a relatively newcomer to yeah. the rounds um, name. So after Dennis Rankin, who passed away in one of the Hill and Dales races in 2013, mm. I believe, on Sleeve Muck No More. So relatively new. It's starting to get established. Um I don't want to say this, but it's the easier of the four rounds. Um, it is, but it has its own challenges. Um, uh, I, I personally have a bit of a soft spot for uh, the Morns. Uh, I lived in Belfast for nine years um, and uh, met my wife at a party in Warren Point. Went back to Ross Trevor. <laughs> so and she's not even from there. She's Spanish. So <laughs> it was a bit of a random one. Um, and I worked for um, Ian Cummings, who's obviously a local yeah. around there. 26 um, Extreme. Exactly, yeah. Uh, I worked for him for um, a, a little while, and that's how I got introduced to the Morns. But I wasn't a fell runner back then. I was a, I was a rock climber and a paddler. Um, so I spent a lot of time in the Morns, um, but it was all climbing and walking. Um, so it wasn't a... I wasn't even aware of the Hill and Dales series. It did, did yeah. it to totally bypassed me a hundred percent. So the Morns as a place, really, I've got a bit of a soft spot, and Northern Ireland in general, and and the people, it, yeah, mean it's a lot. A bit to like me. home, home away from home. 
yeah, definitely. It's, it's like my second home for sure. Uh, I don't go back enough. <laughs> but it's, it, is, it is a lovely cascade like of mountains, like absolutely gorgeous. Like, and it changes so much, like like they all do. But um, still pretty aggressive, though. You know, it's up, down, up, down, up, down. There's no real open yeah. mountain stretches, especially no, when you're in the catchment area. Uh, I totally agree. Um, and it's still very rugged in that it's um, it's rough. It's... Um, uh, it's not well-established uh, Lake District-style paths. Mm. Um, it's uh, not as well uh, well used as places like the lakes. Um, so, yeah, you still have a bit of navigation. You have uh, route choices. Um, and one of the real problems that uh, I encountered is the fact that it's a uh, granite landscape and there's a lot of very fine sharp granite dust mm. gets in your shoes causes all sorts of problems so uh, uh, that that's one of the biggest challenges for me um, in the morns is the is the granite dust <laughs> it can be pretty heavy on the feet as well isn't it yeah do you know what yeah. I mean? and it's, it's, it's a difficult thing you have things like hoka speed goats i would wear a lot that actually yeah. protect your feet from that with a little um, gator on the ankle yeah. But then they slip like hell <laughs> when you're yeah. going down the likes of Donard or, or yeah. that on the wet grass if they don't hold at all. Like, um, yeah. So that that is a bit of a... Did we mention how far the Dennis Rankin was? It was about... Uh, Dennis Rankin's about... I think I got uh, 89 kilometres on that one. Um, thereabouts. That's pretty good. And it was uh, 6,300 metres thereabouts, yeah. I think. Um, so it's, it is... In pure stats, it is. Uh, it sounds a lot easier, but and it is a bit easier, but it's not as much easier as it sounds. Yeah, if you know what I mean. No, it deserves its place. I should say that. Oh, a doubt. Um, yeah. I suppose what made me throw that comment comment out is some of the times that people get, you know, fourteen sort of fifteen hours. You can yeah. get a quicker time on the Dennis Rankin, I suppose, especially you if you're local and you know, because the route choice. You know, you can go off just very slightly and you're losing 15 yeah. minutes here and 15 minutes there. And that yeah. can add up very quickly on the Dennis Rankin. And that's where you have to be careful, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that's true. And the, and the weather as well. So coming back to the the big four at 40. Yeah. Um, It's funny. I think, was it the Dennis Rankin? Uh, there's an edit. <laughs> Um, I was going to say uh, something to do with Bob Graham or something. I think he was like 42 and he he done the 42 peaks for his oh, Okay, It was something to do with that anyway. Sort yeah. of rung a bell. Yeah, there's a there's an edit. Anyway, so talk to me about the, the big four and why that sort of come onto your radar, apart from being 40. Yeah, well, um, a friend of mine, Simon Mountsey, who's uh, run, well, he hasn't run for a while because he's been injured, but um, he he was working on his own Bob Graham about 2015-ish, um, uh, 2016 maybe, and I was, I was doing a bit of training with him. I hadn't considered uh, running anywhere near the distance of a Bob Graham at that point. I think the longest uh, I'd ever done was a marathon about 20 years earlier, um, <laughs> and then in the fells, maybe a 10, 15k, something like that. Um, so... The idea of a Bob Graham was just way, way, way out of my league. But with training with him and going and doing uh, legs, a leg of the Bob Graham as a recce and, a, and training thing, 
it became more of a, oh, maybe one day. Um, uh, so it, it came onto my radar and I, at that point I knew nothing about any of the others. Um, in the year that he actually did the Bob Graham, I ended up uh, supporting him on leg two and on leg five. I did both, um, which I think was the most I'd ever run in, within a 24 hour period. Um, and it all sort of seemed rather possible uh, uh, by that point. And I thought, well, yeah, maybe I should do the Bob Graham next year. Uh, so I think that was maybe 2017 when he did it. Um, and afterwards he said, so I, I wish I'd, he said that he wished he had done uh, the training and the planning to do the Paddy Buckley and the uh, Charlie Ramsey within the same sort of training block in the same season. That way yeah, you don't yeah. detrain de um, and then have to start all over again. Um, unfortunately, he got injured mainly from something of the Bob Graham. So it just wasn't possible to then replan and do more um, at that point. And I thought, well, okay, yeah, that makes sense. I'll I'll train for the Bob Graham and do the Bob Graham, the Charlie Ramsey, Paddy Buckley, all in one year. But because I've spent time in Northern Ireland and felt Northern Ireland is an important part of the family, <laughs> um, I thought there must be something over here, over there, should I say. Um, and uh, I discovered the, the Dennis Rankin. Um, so I thought, oh, okay, so there's four. Great, great. I'm going to be 40 <laughs> in a couple of years. Oh, maybe I could do all four in a year. That'd be good. So big four at 40. Perfect. A bit of a charity fundraising idea. And um, then I had the stupid idea that, oh, maybe maybe I could do it in a week. I wonder if anyone's ever done that. Nah, no one's that stupid. <laughs> um, I looked into it and like literally it seemed that no one at all had ever done all four in a year. And there's only a very, very small club of people who have done all four at all. Mm. Um, I, I could probably count on one hand how many yeah. people there are. Um, so I thought, okay, so all four in a year, but the idea of the week just kept niggling away at me. And uh, in the end, sort of stuff it. I'm not going to be happy if I don't try it. Um, so that was where the big 40 in a week was born. Um, I had to think of other other reasons to motivate myself to do it as well along with um the challenge the uh, i decided that i wanted to raise uh raise money for charity as well and i set myself a pretty lofty target which unfortunately i'm not there yet but i'm still working on it uh the target was fifteen thousand, um and just this last couple of weeks have broken ten thousand. so wow. i'm really pleased with that um and yeah raising money for um Calm, the mental health charity, Dogs Trust, and Mountain Rescue. Um, so that all sort of linked in with why I run um, and um, my own mental health trouble, troubles and struggles. Um, and I thought it's really important to try and spread that, spread the word about that as well. Yeah, you can't, you can't add a price tag on the awareness that it brings. Because I know you're pretty open on social media yeah. about your mental yeah. health and things like that. And <clears throat> charity fundraisers are good for the money, but the awareness that it brings, you know, everyone That's sees important. like, especially with social media and things like that. Um, especially when you struggle with mental health, I do feel that you can actually see <laughs> most people actually struggle with mental health 
in this modern yes. world of distractions and everything is so yeah. fast paced and just some people are, are more aware of it than other people um, some yeah. people get a lot heavier than other people and it is very important thing and i do find like coming out of the corporate world it was never an easy thing for me as well but i do find the draw of the mountains and being in the hills is a real place of healing and just Absolutely. you know you you just take that coat of distraction off and the weight off and yeah it's so mindful in the mountains you know you can't think of anything else but where the hell your foot's going or you're going to wreck your ankle or break your yeah. neck you do that for I, I get a sense of it's nice going for two or three hours but see when you're out past five or six hours you can just feel you've shed it yeah oh, i totally agree uh and it's so so important i always say that uh, the mountains are my therapy and nature is my god i mean i'm not a christian <laughs> yeah. but i'm quite spiritual spiritual um and i find that uh i can sort of so worship so to speak um what's around me when i'm out uh, for extended periods yeah you get a little hit if you're out for two hours or three hours but it's just a hit it's just like a a boost to get you through the next few days or whatever but if you really want to get get that sort of release peaceful release a calm feeling mm. you need to be out for longer um and the more remote and the more uh, adventurous for me the better um that's not to say i would put myself at massive risk but i would be happy to be out for four or five hours six hours eight hours and do something a bit extreme going along the ridges or whatever just just to get that complete calmness and focus on nothing but what you are doing at that moment it, it makes uh, you it makes you sort of realize your potential as well you know you're it makes you feel so good about yourself because you're able to mm -hmm. overcome those challenges that mountains thrown at you yes and yeah the more and more you do it the more connected you get to it oh absolutely yeah yeah and I found that during lockdown um, and the whole, all the lockdowns of the last uh, couple of years, <laughs> um, my, I've, I had to find solace and calm within the mountains and hills that are right beside me, which don't have this soaring ridges and uh, the, the extreme sort of terrain that you get in the Lake District or in uh, the Scottish mountains. So I was on the Howgills, which is more similar to uh, the Mourns, actually, um, but without the, the rocky tours. It's all grassy everywhere. Yeah. But they're big. They're big enough to get some good climbs. But it did mean that I was going into these mountains where there's nobody there and just going and finding a stream and just sitting beside it for half an hour mm. um, and exploring places I've never been before, even though I've lived here for however many years um it was a it's very it's, it's just the mountains it's very innate you know what i mean we're in yeah. this very false environment of boom boom distraction 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 yeah. your mind can't keep up with it really really hard but the mountains actually do bring that to you so yeah. there's a few ways of doing it um you can go into the mountains for five or six hours so you decided <laughs> <laughs> let's go extreme with this let's go extreme with this and see how far we can take it we'll do all yeah. of the four rounds um how what is that like 240 miles wasn't it? i think i read yeah yeah um, 400k so 240 miles yeah 31,800 meters 
Yeah. If you're not chilled out after that or dead, there's something wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Obviously, that brings its own mental stresses and physical traumas and things like that, which uh, then are a, a different thing. But it's it's almost like as mountain runners and mountain, people who spend time in the fells, we do go out to try and get that feeling of uh, pain, the suffering and everything, because that's all part of the uh, release, isn't yeah. it? So. And I certainly got a lot of that. <laughs> it's your ba- I, I always see it as your bandwidth to life. Do you know what I mean? When you live in this little comfort zone, you have this bandwidth of ups and lows. Yeah. But when you do the likes of that, you know, your lows are a lot lower and your highs are a lot higher. So your bandwidth yeah. becomes greater. Yes. For life, yeah. really. I think that's always a good analogy to yeah, explain it. Yeah, that makes it. sense. Yeah, I like that. Um, so logistics has to be a big thing when you're doing something like this. Like God knows, yes. like when we're doing the likes of the Dennis ranking or whatever, I've done support crew. I actually haven't done the range yet. I don't know why, but um, I just know how hard it is one round. <laughs> yeah. So firstly, I suppose, how did you, ch- how did you select which order you were going to do them in? Well, uh, the first and foremost, uh, most important thing for me is I wanted to finish on the Bob Graham because it's my home area where, where my friends and family that mm-hmm. I uh, that live nearby can all be there and support me um, when I eventually managed to cross the line. I wanted my mum and dad there. I wanted people nearby. So that's that was the most important thing. Then um, the first time round, first attempt, um, I happened to be in Scotland the week before. So I decided I'd start in Scotland. And then it made sense, uh, driving-wise, to go Scotland, Northern Ireland, then Wales, and then England. So that was it, was, it was quite arbitrary. It didn't really matter. There was the added bonus that because the Paddy Buckley uh, was third, um, I would, it didn't matter how long it was going to take. It yeah, still yeah. counted. Um, so that was an added part of it. But it, it, didn't really, it didn't really play much part in it. In the reattempt, the order was decided on the fact still finishing in in uh, England, but uh, because I'd had such a hard time on the first attempt in Wales, I wanted to start there because it would be an ominous shadow over mm-hmm. the whole of the rest of the uh, rounds, worrying about how I'd cope with it, um, and so I had to start with Wales to get that out of the way, so to speak, to face the demons that Wales uh, um, gave to me last time round. Um, and yeah, it worked well doing it that way. It's like, um, it's like that mostly. big hill that's coming up that killed you in the marathon last time. <laughs> Do you know yeah. what I mean? It, you know, for 20 miles, you're thinking about that bloody hill. So it's good just exactly. to start on the hill and get it out of the road. Exactly. Um, I just wanted it done. Yeah. What happened the first time round then? So that was for your 40th year, 2020, August. Yes. Yeah, um, I was 40 in, uh, in August, so it was after I turned 40. Um, and, yeah, and, you, and you picked it, the best possible weather window you could have in the world. Uh, not so much. <laughs> <laughs> but this is part of the problem with the logistics, actually. You're talking about logistics, and it, it, when you're doing one round, um, people will generally write off that whole weekend for you um, and they'll they'll be prepared to move a few hours here and there or to the next day or even to the following weekend because it's only one round. You're only maybe uh, affecting 
eight to ten people, maybe twelve at most. Um, so it, it's easy to arrange. But when you're doing four rounds and you've got to pay for, for two ferries and you've got 50 odd, maybe 60 volunteers helping you and you've got a four before range here and a minibus arranged there and all of this stuff, you just have to pick a date and go with it no matter what. And that's what we did. So when I started in Scotland, I had a message from a very experienced, very um, good um, uh, mountain runner saying, uh, are you still going ahead? I'm like, why? And he <laughs> says, because there's a named storm on its way in and it's gale force winds. I'm like, oh, uh, I haven't looked because I was going to do it anyway, no matter what. <laughs> uh, so I'll, I'll start and see what happens. Um, if we had started maybe six hours earlier, we'd have probably been all right in Scotland to get round. Unfortunately, by the time we'd got round leg one, round leg two, and up the first summit of leg three, um, the wind had started picking up to ridiculous levels, and it just became way too dangerous. My two supporters were a very, very small, slight size six woman, um, and a, a guy who again very small very light um and i was genuinely worried they were going to get lifted and blown away off the ridges mm. um storm francis i think it was i think that's right yeah yeah it was it was pretty nasty um and when my uh we came down off one summit and also huddled with the wind battering us and we were moving around like this it was horrendous um and i said to pav and nina what are we going to do and pav said well i'll tell you something all I could think about was when when I'm, I was going to see my daughter again. <laughs> oh, I'm like, shit. oh, right, okay, down we go. <laughs> it was absolutely no question at that point. It was devastating. It was absolutely mm. gutting, but I didn't have a choice. A um, huge amount of work goes into that, like huge yeah. planning. Like If you have 50 supporters, think about talking to each one of those individually. Firstly, catching those 50 supporters and getting them on board you know that's yeah. that's that's a big part of the challenge like and then talking to them and getting that logistics right which yeah. is really really hard the good thing is that type of mountain running community is very accommodating oh yeah and and no one minded but it did mean that uh well what what happened later did mean that people had to move uh, their plans and things like that mm. um so anyway after the uh ramsey we um one of the really important things i need to mention about the the ramsey was um we had uh, a woman called helen smith and her um partner duncan davy um were helping with the road support they'd actually arranged um all sorts of different things with the road support it's really they were absolutely brilliant but when after coming down off uh the ramsey um quite a lot before the end um had to descend down into kinderclaven I was understandably pretty gutted. Um, uh, I'd spent the, most of the descent alone with my thoughts, trying to uh, order my thoughts, really. And Nina and Pav had gone on ahead, knowing I just needed some alone time. Um, but as I got to the road where Helen and Davy were, uh, Davy just ran straight up to me. I've never met the guy before in my life. I didn't know him at all, but he ran straight up to me and gave me a big hug and just said, it's all right, we've got this covered. And I'm there, bawling my eyes out, crying into his shoulder, um, uh, just feeling utterly desperate that I'd put all this effort into it and it was mm. screwed already in my head. That's how I was feeling. But 
ultimately we had ferries booked to Northern Ireland, we had supporters waiting in Northern Ireland, and we had supporters a ferry back to Wales with supporters waiting there. So, well, we've got to carry on. I can always come back to uh, Scotland if I need to. But Davy plays a big part in what comes later. Um, so that's why I had to mention him. Um, but yeah, we went across to, to Northern Ireland to meet up with uh, Max and... Uh, <laughs> uh, Ma- Max Carson. Oh, he's Carson. brilliant, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, he is. He's like, a classic individual. He's, full of energy. Uh, yeah. Well, funnily enough, um, I didn't know any uh, foreigners in Northern Ireland because I was a climber when I lived here, but I did know Max because we used to go to the circus school in Belfast together. <laughs> I'm so glad you didn't he... say the circus, circus and Banbridge there, but anyway. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Although no, it, wouldn't, was... it wouldn't surprise me with Max. He's as crazy yeah, as true. a box of frogs. Just He's throwing that out is. there. Yeah, he is. He's a great guy, though. Absolutely brilliant. Life and soul. Um but yeah, Max and all the other guys all, all met up and uh, we cracked on there and it, it went pretty well in in, uh, in on the ranking. Although everyone was worried about the storm uh, before I got there, <laughs> uh, but it, it had passed. It had just blown through, um, which was really lucky. Uh, so how did you how did you find the Dennis ranking then that first time round? Uh, I went too quick. Um, uh, I found it mostly really good. Uh, the section, uh, but sort of at the end of leg three. Mm, Grenville. Um, oh, don't talk to me about that mountain. <laughs> <laughs> That's a swear word in my eyes. Yeah. <laughs> end of leg three. Especially in August, like especially oh, in it August. Awful. It was Just... absolutely awful. Going down, dropping down into mm. the river, um, uh, crossing the river and then up the other side. Uh, the that section ruined my ankles absolutely yeah. ruined it we were talking about tussocks and grass that was four feet high five feet high uh with a lot of water underneath it as well it was just absolute hell um only that bit the rest of it was lovely yeah. <laughs> um especially in but, august like when the grass can be so long yeah 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 i would not do it again at that time of year <laughs> if you go back to it <laughs> yeah so yeah, no, it's good. I, I met some amazing people, people who I'm still in contact with, like um, uh, Pete uh, Valkema. Um, uh, he's just done the ranking himself this year. And Stephen, oh, I forget his last name. It's not Morgan, no. Uh, he's an absolute legend in the on the round. He knows every line. <laughs> um, but uh, I can't think of his last name. But he was there. Was it Stephen? Could, I'm going to have to edit this. Uh, no, he's, he's an older fella. Right, okay. Uh, I'm, I'm going to check my phone. You can edit it out. Otherwise yeah, that's all right. Uh, what his name is. You'll have a laugh when you listen back because we nailed it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, I've just got it down as Dennis Rankin round Stephen. <laughs> Good man, Stephen. We're not going to edit yeah, now. <laughs> well, it's Stephen. Anyway, um, Niall Gibney and uh, uh, various other people who I haven't mentioned, um, but they're all, all absolutely brilliant. And the community was so welcoming. And I felt like uh, I was just brought into the into the family, so to speak, straight away without any question, without any sort of uh, qualifying to be there. It was just, yeah, you want to do the ranking round? Come on, then, let's do it. Yeah, it was awesome, absolutely awesome. We we um, had we actually had Nile on the podcast as part of our winter round. Yeah, and he his 
his take on it. It was a winter anti-clockwise round. It would put, okay. any, put anybody off it listening to him. <laughs> Sorry, Niall, just throwing that out there. He had a grim time, like especially going up um, Binion at the end, like. But it was horrendous oh, conditions in the winter time. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, for me, it was uh, that first attempt. It was pretty good conditions. It wasn't absolutely perfect, if I remember rightly, but it was pretty decent. Um, and then uh, the descent down into uh, uh, Newcastle. Um, I had Aoife Mundo and, uh, oh, who else was with me? Um, who ended up becoming Ireland's national 100k champion. Not, no, 24 hour. 24 hour champion. champion sorry, yeah. yeah, she's one hell of a runner, like, Aoife. She's only been um, running like three or four years. It's like, what? Yeah. Mad. It's unbelievable. But yeah, she was with me with a few other people as well, and it was really good to have them because at that point I, is when I started really suffering. Um, the tendons in my shins, um, both legs, were screaming at me, and the descent down—it um, was agony. It was absolutely agony. Um, at that point, I kind of thought, "Well, uh, Wales is going to be interesting," <laughs> but got into the van and cracked on over to, over on the ferry to uh, get over to Wales. Uh, for the infamous Paddy Buckley round. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't the best shape going into the Paddy Buckley, was it? No, it certainly wasn't. Um, we had uh, a last called um, Nikki. Um, oh, I can't think of her last name. I'm terrible names, as you can tell. <laughs> uh, Nikki was uh, doing the road support for me, and she's a um, she does event uh, medicine, and she's a, an A and E doctor and stuff. So no one better to be able to tell me whether I should carry on with the injuries that I had. Um, she basically said, as long as you can walk, you can keep going. <laughs> Stop whinging and get on with it. <laughs> <laughs> it's exactly what you need though, isn't it? At, at times. Yeah, pretty much. And she just loaded me up with paracetamol and uh, I said, oh, I've got some, I've got some codeine as well. I'll have that if I need it. And she says, only in an emergency because that will not go well when you're tired. Well, it'll be fine, it'll be fine. And she, she made me promise. But the end of towards the end of leg one, we started at Capel Corrigan. It's the longest leg. It's um, about six hours, something like that, seven hours. It's a long, long old stretch. Um, and at the, towards the end of that, I was due my next lot of uh, paracetamol. And my supporter, unfortunately, had lost it in the bad weather. <laughs> so all we had left was codeine. And I was in a lot of pain, so popped a codeine, and uh, apparently I was talking gibberish and stumbling everywhere, and I didn't know I was doing it. But well, that's the way uh, you always go on. Some people would say, Ross. Yeah, <laughs> that's so true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, um, we yeah. wouldn't. Yeah, it is. It is a good time to say you really shouldn't be pumping yourself full of painkillers to try and get yourself round, like on no. a normal, normal special round. Uh, doing around um, but you did have good guidance there that was telling yeah. you what to do blah 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 yeah um, the, the uh, public warning there yeah that's what that was <laughs> no, no one's nobody worse sued. nobody worse than mountain runners like um what mate was the paracetamol no only joking <laughs> but anyway so that's that's where it really went tits up for a better yeah, word yeah it's still i was intending to get round each of the rounds in 24 hours that was my in my head um and the first two well, the first one obviously finished prematurely, but I was well on track for a 21 and a half hour round. 
the the ranking i think it did 20 21 on that as well thereabouts um again it was too quick i I should have used the 24 hours that i had but uh yeah but i didn't Uh, i went too quick uh so then the paddy in the most horrendous torrential rain possible uh took 37 and a half hours of agony um and yeah non-stop rain the whole time uh it, it was just so you finished uh, the party suffer- i did finish it i didn't know yeah. you, i didn't know you'd actually finished the party that's mad it was an absolute suffer fest um mind-blowing uh, by the end i was only going about uh, half a mile an hour if that <laughs> it was agony so how, how do you how do you keep yourself going at that stage you know because you're a, a totally deeper darker place most probably than you'd been going through yeah. the mountains like and because i i've been not to that level but i've been i always use the two words um patience and acceptance your past acceptance yes. at that stage but when you're moving so slowly and you got so far to go how do you keep going like are you, are you hoping it comes back or what's going through your head no really i think uh, it, it started coming to a head um for me in my in my head when it was on leg uh four um going across the glitters with uh, a guy called warren wrinkle who's an absolute class act he's a brilliant guy um and he was looking after me completely um but i had got in my head into a very dark place um and I was not happy. Uh, there's a there's a photo that was published in uh, I think it was on the BBC of me sitting at the Adam and Eve on the top of Trifan with this look of absolute pain on my face, um, and it does it speaks volumes because that's how I was, I was feeling. Um, it, that descent from the top of Trifan down to uh, Ogden Valley, the record for it is about eight minutes. It took me about two hours. <laughs> <laughs> it was really really bad, but. I don't know why I'm sitting here loving this, by the way. That's yeah. evil, isn't it? Pure evilness. Oh, it, it's, it's, a, it's good radio. It's good podcast. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, um, it, was, it was pain. Um, and really, the, 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 key, the key thing was is that all I could think about was the pain and nothing mm-hmm. else. I couldn't think about how far was left or whatever else. Um, it, it was just... This next step is going to hurt. This next step is going to hurt. Every step. Um, so it, it, it crossed the line from mental torture to physical pain. That's a totally different ball game altogether. Yeah, it, it, it was just keep going because I, I had to get to the valley. Um, there was no way in hell I was going to call Mountain Rescue unless I was broken. <laughs> and then when you get to the valley... The problem was going uphill didn't hurt. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like miraculously, when I get to the top of this night, it's all going to change. I'm going to feel better. <laughs> there's, a, there's an element to that. It's kind of like, I'll deal with the pain of descending when I get there. Yeah. <laughs> but going up didn't hurt. So it's like, right, well, I may as well carry on then. And actually, uh, Nikki was instrumental in getting me out of the door sort of thing on that next, that final leg. Um, uh, she, when I was coming down to Ogwin, I was ready to call it quits. A hundred percent, I was not carrying on. But as I got there, seeing Maria, my wife, and Nikki, and a couple of other people right. there, um, it just—I was crying. I was emotional, uh, and 
hobbling along and everyone just sort of gave me a great big hug and just uh nikki just started undressing me to get me into dry clothes and shoved food in my hand and said eat this drink this take these tablets off you go that, that's it out <laughs> so i didn't have the opportunity to say no i'm not going <laughs> it was literally she it, it was like a military operation she just did everything and pushed me out the door um so then suddenly i was halfway up uh Penarolwyn going how did i get here <laughs> uh, and once you once you're on the way up it was a question of, i carry on uh, there's not a, not a lot of choice here um i knew pretty much that the bob graham was out of the question but it was still a niggling what am i going to do will i be able to do it um, am i going to get there until on the final descent down into Capel Curig, I was, at that point I was kind of sitting on a grassy ledge, swinging my legs down, sitting on the next grassy ledge, swinging my legs down. And one particular grassy ledge, I looked down at my ankles and pulled my waterproof trousers um, up to see what my ankles looked like. And they were bigger than my knees. Oh, <laughs> uh, it was literally so swollen that Maria, when she took my shoes off at the end, she thought she was going to have to cut my shoes off. <laughs> Of course, I wouldn't let her do that. <laughs> that was rough. Like, um, but it it was rough. It was really, really. It's amazing painful. what you know. Like that, you really bring that stuff forward. You know, when you're suffering in the future. Yeah. Because you think back to that, and you're like, "Well, I was able to keep going for thirty-seven hours well, in that." Like. Yeah. Well, that that actually played a lot of a uh, big part in in a lot of races and everything I've done since is that if I can keep going in that. I can yeah. keep going anything. Um, as long as my leg still works, it functions, I can keep going. Um, so that was really important for me. Um, and obviously, when I, when I uh, got to Capricorig, it was like, right, tell everyone it's over. I'm not going anywhere else. <laughs> Just home. <laughs> it, it couldn't have worked out. I paused there because I was going to say better. <laughs> but, it, <laughs> but when you look back... You know, it was that first attempt was so instrumental in you being successful. Yeah. Coming round the second time. So a lot of people, like all greats, <laughs> you fell forward. I like I like yeah. that when I posted that up. I thought it was being really cool and clever there. He fell forward, <laughs> like um but it is important to get your mind like that's a lot of hurting. That takes a bit of yeah. recovery, both mentally and physically. Yeah. Um, you're lucky as well that it wasn't a long-term sort of injury. Again, yeah. public warning, don't run when your ankles are bigger than your knees. <laughs> it doesn't look too pretty on the beach. Like, no, um, no. But like, how was that recovery period after that? Uh, I actually really surprised the doctor uh, I went to and my physio because uh, it was so quick. Um, basically, the, the swelling went down within a couple of days and uh, I was still hobbling around with blisters and um, very sore ankles for about two weeks. But I was back out running very, very slowly and very short distances. But within, I think, three weeks, three and a half wow. weeks, I was out jogging with my wife doing like a, uh, I think I did 3K the first time. <laughs> it just sounds so utterly pathetic when you're used to doing hundreds. But uh, it was all I could manage and it was very, very slow. And then I just sat and waited for her to go and do the rest of her run, uh, which again, it never happens that way around. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it, I still have to this day, 
um, tendon issues where there's probably scar tissue and things where it's going to um, come back every now and then. But it was a, a real big, phys physically, a really big surprise that it didn't affect me any more than it had. Um, mentally, uh, I, well, I took two weeks off work um, on sick after the big, the first attempt of the big fall. Um, the first week was physical because I couldn't walk, I couldn't drive. Um, the second week, uh, I was just such an emotional wreck. <laughs> you think about how you feel after doing a... Uh, it's all mental energy, you know. It's yeah. like you've consumed <clears throat> beyond what you thought was even in there. You know, yeah. it, it is like you're so exhausted. Like I'm, I'm exhausted That's listening it. to you. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Sorry, we it froze there for a second. Yeah, that's all right. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it just pulls out. Even the screen was exhausted listening to you. Like, it was just like, ah! um, but it is yeah. like, you know yourself, like I've, I've just gone sort of 100K sort of distance. That's the first couple yeah. of weeks. You know, you're you're so wiped out. Uh, absolutely. Um, so when you multiply that sort of post-adventure yeah. uh, stress. Um, In those conditions, like that's the thing about conditions. Conditions are exhausting you mentally and yeah so it's it's tough like so at what stage then did you think right i'm getting back in the ring oh before i even got to the end of couple <laughs> <laughs> i'll be back oh, i love it i love it like uh, i always knew that uh, as soon as i knew that i wasn't completing it i knew i'd be back to do it again it's just a question of when and uh, in what format would it be to do it again all for in a month or would it be all for in a year or would it just be to do it as I originally intended in a week? Um, That's pretty impressive um, to be thinking along those lines at that stage. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. Not, normally at least two hours after you've had your cup of cocoa. <laughs> well, the thing is I'd put so much effort and time into this that I was never going to um, let it lie. Uh, I couldn't just sort of say, oh, well, I gave that a shot and move mm. on. No, it, it was The roots of the seed were strongly, much. strongly planted there. A hundred percent. So I didn't sort of voice that straight away. I wanted to make sure that uh, afterwards that I still wanted to come back and that my, my long-suffering wife Maria was willing to, for me to come back and do it again. She deserves um, a medal. She does. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> does. Um, and yeah, actually Maria, when I was uh, in one of my low points after, afterwards, um, uh, upset and crying and what have you, uh, Maria said, don't worry, you'll do it again. You and I both know you will. <laughs> and she was fully supportive of it because she yeah. knew that if I didn't, it, that would have been mentally worse than where I was at that moment. The sort of feeling of failure and all of that. Um, uh, at the end of the day, even at that point, I hadn't failed anything. I'd yeah. not completed it, but I hadn't failed. I had completed uh, two and three quarter rounds back to back whilst injured. Which, in a, uh, in a storm a of people are done yeah in a, in a huge you know everything in context you know yeah. you know taking a look at the picture of what you just achieved it was yeah. twice as big than what you'd ever done 
yeah. and then what most oh, people have massively. come anywhere close like so there was never yeah. ever going to be any failure in this at all no the question no. really was how settled you were going to be within yourself in what yeah, way you're exactly. going to take it um, um, i'm a very determined person my well, you wife don't, you don't say something else <laughs> she it's called it's stubborn. called type a type a yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, she doesn't but, like the word determined she uses the word stubborn yeah but you do you you need you need to be pig ignorant like there's no doubt about it yeah peg ignorance yeah, stubborn all those things or you wouldn't make it through the first few legs like if you weren't no it's true so when did the planning start then for the next what how did you pick the the date of june uh well uh the first date that i had planned was um may uh hold on no that was the first attempt wasn't it um yeah that was the first attempt and i chose may and it ended up in august so june came about as uh, working out when we were going to be allowed to do things mm. uh, again uh, after there was one of the other lockdowns um, and uh, also thinking around the longest day is handy uh, gives you a bit more spe- a bit more time um, uh, so it's e- easier navigation and stuff like that so yeah a bit more daylight <laughs> um, so yeah that was that's where it came down to is um, and also when I can get time off work, um, <laughs> there's a, in, in my work, there's a certain period in May where we're not allowed to get time off full stop because of an event that happens in Cumbria. So, uh, I, it's almost impossible to get time off, off for that period. And I wanted to book a week for the round and two weeks afterwards yeah. so that I could recover. So you could uh, walk. I wouldn't, yeah. So I didn't have to take it as, <laughs> as sick pay and then get, get have to deal with the stress at work because of that because <laughs> may may is a perfect round <clears throat> month isn't it like it is you know, generally but may is no grass grass is pretty short you know yeah. we still haven't got that um flood of green flowing through yeah um and the conditions are right you got longer days um yeah. so june but june can like it's great to have the long day but the heat can be a bigger struggle like, at the minute <laughs> At the minute, you know, I'm guiding people on the hills and it's so easy to walk, even though they're complaining. I'm yeah. like, you know, the air is lovely cool. and moist lovely. and cool. Yeah. It's so easy. It's actually, and then you'll take people on beautiful sun, sunny days and they're at death's door, you know, quarter of a yeah. mile into the walk, like with the heat. So it makes it, th- there's no real easy time, really. No, no. <laughs> but yeah, you're talking about the heat. That that was uh, played a major factor when uh, I started in uh, Kapokurig at about five in the morning in shorts and t-shirt and it was already warm yeah. <laughs> so thinking, this is what, what sequence did you what sequence did you go then you started with paddy first paddy to get to get it over and done with to face yep. the demons or uh, fight the dragon so to speak dennis rankin then charlie <laughs> ramsey and then to finish in the bob graham yeah. and you start yes. at five o'clock in the morning it was thereabouts yeah and um, that was based on uh, ferry times because it, Ferry times play a huge part in the logistics of planning. Um, so to be able to uh, work out roughly what time of day I would want to finish the Bob Graham if it was uh, if it all went according to plan, then working back from that into the uh, the travel time for each round uh, between each round, then the amount of time that on the round and a buffer zone for going over. And then the ferry times to Jeez. make a difference with that. Um, so yeah, it was all 
very meticulously planned uh, with buffer buffer times and things like that. And it was crucial that the paddy was right because the first round I thought shouldn't be a problem getting the first round under twenty four hours. That was the that was the thought. So I only put I think an hour and a half or two hour buffer to allow for um, an injury or something, some sort of minor issue yeah. to be able to uh, still get the ferry on time. Um, so, yeah, mm. I, in hindsight, I should have given a, another hour or two there. I didn't. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, the heat proved to be a bigger problem than I had anticipated. Uh, it was the hottest day of the year. <laughs> That's mad. Uh, like it's so so hard to go over those fells, like isn't it? it know, really there's is. just there's just no air. No, no, I, it was just awful. And what made it worse was my on the first two legs, I had the same two um, uh, support runners carrying my kit and their own kit and looking after me and navigating with me and everything. So they had, uh, by the uh, sort of middle of the second leg, they'd done the exact same as I had. I hadn't done any more than them, but they had been carrying weight. I was suffering. <laughs> they weren't. Oh, shit. So I was thinking, what the hell have I done? <laughs> I'm like getting yeah. really, beating myself up and getting really stressed and worried that I've just totally underestimated everything and overestimated how prepared I was. Because you want, you, want you want to feel easy on the first round, don't you? You want to yeah, be yeah. like enjoying this. This is just yeah. a run across the mountain tops. Yeah, but I think that was a little bit of complacency because I'd done the three rounds the yeah, previous yeah. year. Um, ultimately, a single round is bloody hard work. Yeah doesn't matter whether you've done it before it's still bloody hard work especially the party buckley like yeah but i had a really really bad attack of cramp uh coming down the hill into the second transition point um uh which uh when the film's ready you will see the suffering <laughs> it's quite funny really um we're, but, we're yeah. making this sound really in um inviting by the way <laughs> yeah. Well, my my massive piece of advice is do not try and run for over mountains for about ten hours. Have in the hottest day of the year, drinking nothing but water. Mm. You must have electrolytes, otherwise the water just passes through you, and it's pointless drinking anything. Um, yeah. So, I didn't have any electrolytes because I was stupid. <laughs> There's a schoolboy um, schoolboy error there, like isn't yeah. there? Oh, massively! It really was schoolboy error. But I got down, got a little bit of a massage from um, one of my supporters who happened to be a physio. Um, uh, ate some food, drank a load of electrolytes, made sure those electrolytes in the bag for the next uh, next leg, and cracked on up um, up the Snowden leg. Um, what well, one key thing there you you sort of mentioned a few times, like is your crew. Oh yeah, having key people in the right places at the right time. Hundred percent, yeah. Um, yeah. How hard did you find it gathering a crew for the second time round? Uh, it was for runners not a problem. The, uh, most of the runners on the second attempt were the same runners as as I had on the first attempt, with a few extras. They're all just um, excited to get back in the hills again. Another excuse. Yeah, sorry, another miss. Excuse I'm way here again. <laughs> yeah, well, absolutely. For them, it's no problem at all. The road support um, was, 
I was very determined that I was going to not expect my wife to do road support as well as driving in between. Mm. Because each drive in between is like a six or eight hour drive. Um, and then if she's going to have to stay up uh, awake for 24 hours or more whilst I'm doing a round, t- uh, ferrying people around and things like that, it just wasn't practical. It would have been dangerous. So I had a separate road support team in each area. Um, and the second time round, unfortunately, Nikki wasn't available. So I uh, managed to draft in a, an old friend from uni who I hadn't seen for about 12 years, um, who uh, lives just nearby. And she was she was absolutely brilliant. She was so lovely and really helpful. Um, so, yeah, that that was really it's crucial. The road support is is so important. Um, so yeah, I mean they they did massage and they uh, got the food ready and had my what, what type uh, of foods were you eating at that point? Um, now one of the things that I discovered was I didn't want to eat anything else with bread or cheese in it. <laughs> and my normal sort of fell food would be like uh, cheese and ham sandwiches and things like that, but I just didn't want it. I couldn't stomach it. Um, so I was eating a lot of uh, Voom energy bars, um, which are kind of like kind of mint cake sort of texture, um, but with uh, different flavours and different um, caffeine and things like that in them. Um, I was eating quite a lot of those. Um, and I discovered uh, like um, wraps were really good because they're not as sticky, they're not sort of, they don't like form a big ball in your mouth, which is just disgusting. Um, it's easy to swallow. Um, what else was I eating? Um, bananas, always good. Yeah. Always good. <laughs> bananas for sure. Uh, transitions, pot noodles, um, rice pudding and uh, uh, baked beans. The rice pudding and baked beans cold. Um, sounds like a Nicky mixture, that Cause sort of te- really type good. of food she was um, feeling on as well. Pot noodle, beans. I find the rice yeah. pudding actually settles the stomach. Yeah, I, I like it. I, I like it a lot. Um, just it's anything. one of those things that you look forward to. It's, it's hard, isn't it? Because your, your mind can just decide whatever it wants at any point in time. So there is yeah. no real plan. You just need a bit of salt, savoury and sweet, I suppose. Like, Yeah, you have a plan, then it goes it goes haywire. Yeah. Do you, <laughs> um, so is it just bars you're taking actually outside of the checkpoints? No, I did have... Um, Wraps, a couple of bits of chocolate, uh, nuts, crisps. Um, Just eating whatever had... you can, when you can, sort of thing. Bits, yeah. little nothing. And I generally found that I knew what I wanted to have and I would say, uh, right, give me a this, give me a that. Uh, I need half a bag of, bag of crisps, I need some salts. Um, uh, and uh, the supporters would just fish it out. What about sugar, like jelly beans and jelly babies early on? Yeah, well, I had uh, mixed bags of jelly beans and salted nuts. Sorry, jelly babies and salted nuts, which are great, because then you get salty jelly babies. (laughs) (laughs) You heard it here first, folks. (laughs) Yeah, oh, no, they're good. I've never gone down the line of um, the OXO cubes that some people are doing. I won't do that. No. Oh, no, it's a big, it's a big fad now in the, in the ultra running community that the people are literally eating stock cubes. 
as no, part of their um, diet. Oh, it's disgusting. You have <laughs> gravy in your mouth. It's horrible. <laughs> Cold, soggy gravy. So as soon as you finished then, you had about an hour and a half buffer, did you? Or well, because of the delays with the, the cramp um, and how slow I was after the cramp until the sun went down, um, and that was the thing, when the sun went down, I sped up massively and the cramp just disappeared. Um, but because of that, the earlier delays, um, I came down into Ogwin Valley uh, panicking that I wasn't going to be able to make the ferry. Um, uh, again, I had Warren helping me for the final leg there. And Warren said, uh, well, should be able to get you around this leg in uh, under four hours. And that would mean that my entire buffer was gone plus an extra 10, 15 minutes. So it was like Maria would have to floor it in the van to get us to the ferry. And I said, well, is there anywhere to escape from the that leg to just save a bit more time, even if it means cutting out a peak or two? And he said, well, yeah, there is. So we can do that if we have to. All right, we'll set off. We may as well. We can still make the ferry. Uh, as it happened, I was feeling pretty damn good. <laughs> and uh, we did that leg in three hours and 20 minutes. Absolutely flew around it got to the end, jumped in the van, drove about 200 metres, shouted to Maria, stop the van now, jumped out and vomited. <laughs> uh, I just pushed really, really hard. It's funny though, it. isn't it? There's this, there's an almost this protective mind and survival mind, you know, and you switch there yeah. because you knew you only had just under four hours and all of a sudden yeah. you start chasing it rather than being afraid of it, I suppose. Yeah, absolutely. Um, my computer's doing funny things. There we go. We're back. It's just gone into uh, daylight hours saving. <laughs> um, so across the ferry then, how? what time was that at? Did you arrive then? Oh, I would say it must have been late in the evening. Uh, yeah, it was late in the evening because um, we'd got the ferry throughout the day and it was quite a long boat ride across. So... Yeah, we'd got to uh, Newcastle, um, had a bit of a sleep, um, and then got ready to start. I think it was the the following morning, early, early doors, sort of three in the morning sort of thing. But I can't quite remember the exact timings. Um, but yeah, we were ready to go. And how, was your body how was your body feeling then? Because it's first first up is going straight up Donard. <clears throat> yeah, um, pretty good really. And tired, um, obviously, but I... As soon as I sort of got out of the van, sort of hobbling around a little bit, and then as soon as it's go time, so like, right, let's go, it's fine. Um, and sort of striding off up the up Donald quite nicely, but uh, didn't take long to go. Oh yeah, I'm quite tired actually. <laughs> <laughs> Better slow down a little bit. Um, um, yeah, we we got up to the top again with Max, and we had Stephen with us on that one as well, and there was a couple of other people on that bit as well. Um, yeah, Max is great to be fair like I've ran with him in, with a few ultras before like and he's, he's just, so, just so positive the life of the party like yeah yeah. Uh, he, 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 I was looking forward to running with Max yeah. he really was um, he's hilarious like <laughs> he really is <laughs> Um, yeah. But it can be, it can be quite tiring up and down, as we mentioned, like, you know, all the way around on your first leg, down Lamagan and up Binion, you know, yeah. you start feeling it there. Yeah, uh, but it we, it was the right time of day. That was the thing. It was, um, it was coming, we got the sunrise as we were going up um, Donard, um, and then it was just, we had the, the morning sun all the way through. Um, it got a little bit cloudy, um, but then 
uh, later on, on halfway through leg two, the cloud cleared. Um, it's a beautiful area, isn't it? Like, I suppose that helps as yeah. well. I know it's pain and all that good stuff, like, but where you're running is fantastic. Like, the yeah. views are amazing. And I'll be honest, uh, I mean, I, I didn't feel in pain. I had that normal sort of descending um, uh, muscle pain, but not, I wasn't in pain. It was just... Did you do anything in preparation apart from running in the hills? You didn't do any um, sort of like single leg squats or anything like that? Oh, I was doing a fair bit of... Um, uh, I don't know if you had you you had it over there, but Joe Wick's uh, um, training through lockdowns and things. I did some of that uh, in the first attempt. And then the second attempt, I was trying to do similar sort of uh, um, hip workouts for that type, that type of muscle um yeah so joe wicks i wasn't expecting that yeah joe wicks whipping up a few noodles yeah so that's good like because it is like even my legs can can get endurance endurance fatigue is a problem in the especially in the quads when you're going up and down like that yeah um so yeah so anyway dennis Rankin, you got through that pretty relatively smoothly yeah yeah it was um in the way of uh incidents or anything like that it was pretty uneventful it was good really enjoyed it um i had a bit of an emotional breakdown to a point uh when i came into uh spelgadam um they'd managed to get get me uh chips and gravy and uh, i was sitting there with a big crowd of people and it was it just felt amazing um yeah. but really emotional um so uh i think it was partly emotional because of at that point last time i was in a lot of pain uh, and uh, i knew it was uh, it was going to be hard whereas this time i was just tired really mm. and that was it i mean i had a couple of blisters come in that were not great but it was mainly just tiredness so that that brings you into the the fifth leg which can be quite challenging to be honest, I, I, I quite like the fifth leg and um, the when you're doing it in the dark and you're not fully with it like, exactly where you are, it's quite difficult to uh, realise that you've actually got two more big peaks to do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you, you get to, and uh, you're going up a steep hill and you go, oh yeah, this is the last one. Oh, no, no, it's not. <laughs> oh, this is the last one. Oh, no, 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 it's not. I've got another one. <laughs> um, a lot of people the do. Side coming in as well. Yeah, a lot of people do it clockwise. It's traditional clockwise. But the reason being is the fifth leg you follow the wall which is yeah. just fantastic isn't it it just it's easy yeah it just distracts you you know all you're doing is yeah. just following the wall and it really takes out of that um i suppose that mental energy required to navigate absolutely uh, didn't really need to think about it too much because the supporters i had were all just absolutely brilliant didn't need to think about roots too much um obviously the traditions are that you would know the route yourself and have supporters to help you but that's a bit more difficult when it's uh across uh, a body of water to get to it especially when you're doing four of them as well like so yeah. <laughs> we'll let you off for that yeah um what time was the ferry back then how long did you have or what was the plan i had plenty of time uh to get to that ferry that wasn't i wasn't worried about that one that was just drive up to uh, i think it was Dranra we went to um from there to go across to scotland and knowing that the uh, ranking was shorter, I think I only built in like a, an hour's buffer or something like that. And it was absolutely fine. Um, what time did you finish the ranking in? 
2022-ish, 22 hours, mm-hmm. thereabouts. That's still very good time, um, like, isn't it? After yeah, party, I, was, like... I was well happy with that. Yeah, it, 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 it may have been 23, actually. Yeah, yeah it was 23, sorry. It was 23. Uh, so just taking advantage of the time a bit more than the first attempt. Um, where Because you're, you're not to... gaining anything by no. knocking two or three hours off at all. Like, the difference that makes... You know, if you add a, a no. three hours onto a round, that's that's a huge. Absolutely, it gives you that time to actually. I mean, you can go the same speed if you want, but it gives you the time to actually sit and rest for ten minutes rather than going. Yeah. I've got to get up and out, up and out. Um, and it, yeah, it just gives you a bit more time to take it in as well, um, rather than it being really high pressure all the way around. So up then to the Charlie Ramsey. Yes. Now Charlie Ramsey was quite uh, uh, it was quite significant because um, Davy and Helen were not able to come. Now Davy, if you remember, I said to you uh, he helped me at the end of the well, the not end of the uh, Ramsey, the previous attempt. Unfortunately, in March this year, no February this year, he was working over in uh, in Brazil. Was it Brazil? No, Mexico. In Mexico. Um, as a diver, deep sea diver, and he contracted COVID when he was over there. He ended up in a coma for six weeks. Wow. Um, and since he was t- taken out of the coma, um, he had uh, various sort of uh, bacteria on the brain. He had uh, various infections and all sorts of things. Um, and as a result of it, he couldn't talk, he couldn't walk, he couldn't use his hands, he couldn't do anything. He was basically lying in bed, no no movement no nothing nice. um obviously that's that was really really stressing for helen um as well uh I, so him being in her uh, suffering so much was a massive motivation all the way through me that, through the whole thing to say well he's going through that and he's working his ass off to try and um get through it um bear in mind this is june so that's only what three and a half months something like that since he was in a coma um, and he had managed to learn to speak again to a point very very difficult struggled uh, struggling to uh, speech but he he could speak a little bit and when he knew I was going to be in uh, Scotland he was still in Mexico as well at that point and when he knew I was going to be in Scotland he sent me a voicemail through Helen um, and Helen came and met me um, which was absolutely amazing. She had come back and she was just waiting for Davy to get back as well um, to go to hospital in, in Venice. And she came and met, met me at the start of the Ramsey. Um, she was being very careful, staying well away. So there was no hugs because he didn't, she didn't want to go but take anything back to Davy. And she played me this message that he had, uh, he had recorded for me. And oh, it was... Uh, it was quite something. It, mm. it lasted about a minute and a half or something, but he only actually said about eight words, basically saying, I'm with you, Davey. Uh, sorry, I'm with you, Ross. Um, uh, you can do this. Just keep going. And that's all he said, but it lasted about a minute and a half because he was speaking so slowly. Um, so, yeah, that was a big emotional drive for me to get through everything that I was faced with. Um when it came to the actual round, though, mostly it went all right. Um, 
the first leg is absolutely spectacular. Um, some great supporters, really lovely people who uh, took me took me around. Um, one of them was carrying my poles uh, along one section, slipped and landed on it and snapped one, <laughs> which was not ideal. Um, but we managed to get another set at the transition from another supporter, so that was okay. Um, and carried on round leg two. Leg two of the Ramsey. It's kind of like, um, it, it's kind of like Cranville. You don't need it there, <laughs> <laughs> but it's it was added to make it a twenty four hour round. Because right. um, without that leg, that section, it, it's called the Tranter round, and it's not a twenty four hour round. Um, it's you can easily do it in twenty four within twenty four hours. It's not like a challenge to do it in that time. But they they added this on, which is still spectacular and still beautiful, but it's yeah it feels like it's not part of the same round okay um so then get round to leg uh the final leg and uh, uh the land rover was there with um uh, the guy with the drone out and my, my support runners but going along to that section is a long valley section where it's just a, a flat path beside a river for about five or six kilometers and it's yeah it's quite a quite a drag um uh i found that to be me mentally challenging without the difficulties of terrain and and weather and everything because we were down low during the day um following a pretty significant path and i was just uh, going in and out of emotional lows um all the way along there until i got to to the transition point um at that point I was feeling right. This is it. This is where we turned back last time. I can do this. We are going to go get around it. The weather is good. Everything's going according to plan, more or less. Um, like, how was your stomach? This is. I know people listen to me on the podcast. I go on and on about my stomach, like, but um, I really struggle after eighteen, nineteen hours. You know, you're you're going on for like a few days here now, like, and how's your stomach yeah. sort of holding up? Stomach was pretty good, really. I, I didn't really have stomach issues, which really surprised me. Um, I found that I needed different things. So I would send Maria out to go and get something else um, uh, that I didn't think I was going to want, like pork pies. At one stage, I just wanted pork pies. So she <laughs> went and got me pork pies. Um, and the wraps that I had uh, gone to, they uh, Maria suggested doing a, uh, a, like a, an egg omelette in a wrap with some ham and a bit of mayonnaise. And I was like, that's a bit weird, but okay, we'll go with it. Best thing I could ever have imagined. <laughs> it was so good. So I had at least one of those on each leg from there on in. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, stomach, stomach just, I was lucky that I just didn't have the stomach issues that I've had. I think it was because the intensity was low. It was endurance, mm. but but not the race intensity that you have, where you're pushing hard at every minute. It was just keeping going. Um, but you're setting at a level of struggle then the whole time, and you're you have a bit of comfort, not comfort, but you're able to manage that level of struggle. Because sometimes what can happen with me anyway is I start searching for foods that I shouldn't. I'm just being weak, if you know what I mean. <laughs> I'm searching yeah. for foods to take me out of that when yeah. it's maybe the wrong thing to do you just need to learn to suffer a bit more 
Yeah. Yeah, well, that was certainly part of it. But I found the um, sleep deprivation, the tiredness to be more of an yeah. issue. Um, and that really did hit. On, on the Ramsey, I was really suffering. The final leg, um, as it was getting dark, pretty much. Oh, I was seeing things. Uh, it it was it was bad. And we'd run out. I'd, I'd already gone through all my caffeine for that leg. So I had other food, but no caffeine left. Um, and I remember going along Devil's Ridge, needing some caffeine in me to keep me awake. And I was literally walking along, falling over, almost falling over to falling asleep. Um, and thinking, if I actually fall asleep here, I am going to fall 600 metres. I can't fall asleep. <laughs> Um, and I had a guy, Ben, behind me and Pav in front of me. And Ben was conscious that he couldn't hold me or touch me in any way because then it would be uh, a supported round. You know, it wouldn't be a, a, my round. I would have had physical support from someone. Um, but I, every now and then I felt like a touch on the shoulder as he uh, was uh, stop, wanting to stop me from falling. Um, like, no, don't touch me. Don't touch me. <laughs> um, it, it's a type of torture. And... Yeah, oh, oh, definitely. Definitely. Um, but seeing a giant praying mantis on, uh, sitting on a rock was a bit uh, disconcerting. Yeah. <laughs> you sort of laugh into yourself when those things start happening as well, don't you? Like, holy shit, look at that. And yeah. then you say, what's next? Yeah. And you're like, whoa. <laughs> you know. Oh, absolutely. Uh, but. I, I kept asking Pav after we got off the ridges and it's then a sort of a long series of two or three um, peaks with not much climbing in between them before a very long descent down into uh, into the valley. Um, I kept asking Pav, how much further? How much further? How much further? And he would say, uh, oh, just just two minutes to the next peak. Uh, it just makes something up to try and keep me keep me uh, occupied because uh, uh, I I didn't know what was going on anyway. I was completely delirious. Um, I'd been I'd been awake for about 20, 26 hours by that point, something like that, on that round, <laughs> let mm. alone the previous two. <laughs> but yeah, got down into the valley in twenty nine hours, dead. Wow, that's mad, late, isn't it? it how how did work. you feel when you come off there then? So you did you know is is that the stage where you started thinking this is going to happen, like? Yeah, you have a bit of a mad feeling of, I've only got one more round. <laughs> <laughs> I've only got to do the Bob Graham, which is a significant, huge challenge to everyone. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, seriously, that it was a, I finished this. I'm definitely going to finish this challenge now. It's There's no question of it. Um, uh, and you kind of, it's only afterwards that I caught myself on thinking, how could I be so stupid and naive to think it's only one more round? <laughs> it shows you how well things were going, relatively speaking. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like... I I would have uh, loved to have had the Ramsey done in 24 hours, but that wasn't what the, uh, that was the ultimate goal, but the, the mm. realistic goal was just to get round. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the wording questions just to get around like so um yeah. bob graham then how long like when you traveled down then what was what did you do in between or how long was there yeah so 
Um, because I'd taken a bit longer on the um, Ramsey than intended, and the traffic on the way down was absolutely horrendous, and I needed to go to a physio in between for some uh, uh, massage and acupuncture. Um, <laughs> uh, the it sounds like you're the, on a weekend spa. Oh, totally. <laughs> <laughs> so enjoyable every yeah. minute. <laughs> um, but because of all of that, it meant that I was delayed by about five hours in starting the the bob. Um, so a lot of the supporters could no longer do it and uh, they had to be rearranged. Um, so Maria and my friend Kat, um, they spent hours rearranging uh, all different people. And I didn't even know who was going to show up. I had no idea who was going to be on each leg. I just got to the start. I'm like, oh, you're running with me. Cool. And then next leg, oh, hi, how's it going? <laughs> Didn't have a clue. Um, but uh, yeah, I had to get the physio on the way down. Um, uh, the tendons were firing, um, feeling uncomfortable. And I was obviously worried because of the uh, paddy, the previous attempt. Um, but the physio sorted it out and I was then basically fine how was the so feet was how good. was the feet faring up pretty good um i had a few blisters um at one stage i think it was just before the ramsey i uh had an issue with left big toe uh where i think on on the ranking i'd kicked a rock <laughs> so um yeah that would don't kick rocks yeah. <laughs> it's not a good idea it's hard not to do uh, like it's hard not to do no that as it well. is hard but yeah, I basically had a massive blood blister uh, underneath oh. the big toe, uh, and it was a lot of pain. So that was probably the worst foot injury. They uh, Maria had to do a little bit of minor surgery on my foot uh, to release the pressure. Um, it was pretty mean. Enough. We don't even know anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, and I had a few blisters, but nothing crazy. Um, uh, just using a bit of compede and some tape here and there, um, and on pressure points. What and shoes were you wearing? So socks for most of it uh i had uh, dinafit shoes um the main ones i was using was the dinafit ultra 100s which are kind of like your speed goats mm. um they quite a, quite a good bit of cushioning and not a lot of tread but there was enough um i used uh what was the other one i used um a dinafit uh feline sl as the other one, I think, which I used at the beginning of the rounds. A bit more grip, um, but less cushioning. So I moved on to more cushioning later. Mm. It's very um, hard, isn't it, to nail something? Like one shoe doesn't do all of that type of terrain. No, it really doesn't. Uh, and the thing compromise. is, though, it is a compromise. And I, towards the end, uh, I was compromising the grip because I wasn't going fast, so I didn't need to worry about the grip. Um, I just needed to be able to have the cushioning and the right shape so that it wasn't going to cause any extra black blisters. And the Ultra 100 just worked for me. And I love that shoe. It's so comfortable. I, I would use it all the time if it, uh, if I, uh, if it had a road version and a proper fell version, I would use it all the time. <laughs> um, but then socks wise, uh, the Injinji toe socks. Um, the ultra version of the Injinji toe socks, absolutely brilliant. I would uh, recommend them to anyone. I've got Morton's neuroma in both feet, which basically is a nerve problem that means my toes need to be spread out. I had I so had surgery on mine there at the beginning of the ah, year to get it took yeah. out, which is oh wow, has it worked? 
yes, I'm gonna s- I'm gonna say I don't have that pain in my foot. Um, but yeah. you do still get like numbness around the foot as well. Right. But I don't get the yeah. underfoot pain that it was giving me. So I yeah. just oh, I had surgery on my other foot. Um, in this I'll edit this out. Like in December, I had I tore my plantar plate. Okay. And the injection didn't work on the Morton's neuroma. And because we were locked down, I just said, just go in and take that out. It was in my other foot. So <laughs> take that yeah. out when I'm recovering. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, I would, I would say it was pretty successful. Like there's no pain underneath yeah. the foot. I've had the injections and the injections work pretty well, but I still get a little bit of pain. Yeah. And only every now and then. So it's, it's fine. I'm happy with it at the moment. So you need a bit of cushioning um, from your sock, don't you? Like you, you, whatever you can get yeah. underneath. Yeah. Uh, And I have found definitely that the toe socks have been brilliant. Mm. I never thought I'd wear them because I always uh, took the piss out of people with toe socks. (laughs) Gloves on your (laughs) gloves on your feet. Yeah, Um, but they do they do reduce they definitely reduce they definitely reduce blisters. (laughs) Dog sitting with squeaky toy. Go get it, George. George. (laughs) (laughs) George, stop squeaking. I was um, (laughs) I was doing a really important meeting with all these global directors my dog was running around the kitchen with a squeaky toy and if i went near him he was obviously wanting me to chase it. he was making more noise so it's sitting yeah. there on the zoom meeting going squeak squeak um so the bob graham then this is where it was all going to happen then or yes. you know um pretty much the same of what you're going through what was what was the biggest low point that you had on the bob graham um well i chose to do the route anti-clockwise for for the um final round um which is not the common way of doing it um and yeah it it was all going quite well really um i had a bit of a strange situation uh for leg three where um when cat my friend was organizing the uh supporters uh she texted me and said i found someone for leg three but i'm not sure how you'll feel and uh i'm like right okay uh, and she said, it's uh, it's your ex-girlfriend's husband. I'm like, right? <laughs> yeah, that's fine. It's an ex-girlfriend from 20 years ago. Doesn't matter. It's fine. <laughs> and we, you know, we're adults and we're sensible and we both have new lives. It's absolutely fine. But it I'm, I'm doing my best to say nothing here, but go on. That was interesting. But on that leg was the leg when I had the him and another uh, another guy who I didn't know very well. And it was the only leg on the bob that there was people I didn't really know very well. Um, towards that leg was most definitely mentally the hardest. Um, okay. Not because of them, but just because it was the middle of the round. <laughs> yeah. It's a hard section. The navigation is hard on that section. Um, when, the, when the mist is down, and it was, um, and uh, it got to a point near the end of that leg where I basically collapsed in a heap, started crying and said, I can't do this anymore. Um, and I was, I was convinced that um, my tendons in my feet and the ankles were absolutely ruined. Um, and my, my friend then sort of arrived around that point from the next transition, done my raise and came up the hill. And he said, right, right, let's sort this out. Took my shoes off looked at my foot, it was like, you're not swollen. There's nothing there apart from a tiny little scrape that is obviously a, a rug point from like socks or something. And as I looked at it, touched it and went, oh yeah, that's fine. <laughs> Put my socks back on and carried on. It's reality check. <laughs> but, 
Yeah, it was just something I had to share. But before, in that moment, I was like, I am so near the end, but I cannot do it anymore. I'm broken. That's me. I'm done. Um, and that that was really hard to try and sort of get my head around that how 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 far gone I, I got to at that point. But he gave me that reality check. Yeah, George, stop. He's all right. He's all right. <laughs> guys the dog having a drink but it's fine like don't worry about it yeah that's reality uh, yeah it's, uh, it's funny how it's funny how the mind works though isn't it obviously because you are coming so close as well like you're yes. you're, you're hanging on like you know it's it, it sounds like it's running nice and smoothly and all this you're coping really well but actually you're hanging on with your fingernails here like you know yeah and um, the closer you get it's like any long distance thing you know the last com- when you know it's nearly over your body almost wants to let go. Oh, absolutely. My, uh, physically, at that point, I don't think I really had anything left. Uh, I was purely going on the mental cap- capacity and the strength, uh, the mental fortitude, really. Um, but as I came over Steel Fell and looked down to Dunwell Rays, um, I could see uh, some of my colleagues, sorry, George has been noisy. What are you eating, George? He's, sorry, he's eating something. Give me one sec. Never work with children or animals. Yeah. <laughs> well, they say that, isn't it? Was that Blue Peter thing? Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so yeah, that leg was absolutely brilliant. One of my colleagues met me halfway along along the leg. Um, and I was chatting to him for ages. And then right at the end of that leg, I saw this. This is coming over to Cuff Head. Um, I saw this figure come over the bridge and come up along the path a little bit towards us. And he says, I don't know if you remember me. I'm Derek Fryer. And I'm like, Derek? Wow! I was totally blown away. I hadn't seen him for literally 25 to 30 years. He taught me orienteering and navigation when I was a child. Um, and he'd heard all about it and he wanted to come and show his support. He'd dr- driven like an hour and a half to come and give him, give me some support. Um, it was just amazing that he was there. It just gave me such an amazing feeling, an amazing boost and positivity. Um, and then when I got to uh, Threlkeld for the final leg, uh, again, other people who I haven't seen for years, one lad who... <laughs> Uh, he just suddenly appeared out of, out of my van and says, all right, Ross, what, what the hell are you doing here? Uh, he left his uh, very heavily about-to-burst uh, pregnant wife at home in Sheffield. And also she was dealing with a sick uh, five-year-old at the same time. So he wasn't very popular with his wife, but <laughs> he was popular with me, so that was important. Um, and yeah, it's, they... It, it's mad though, isn't it? Like when... You see it all the time when people have these big challenges and it just grows a set of legs of its own. But it's, yeah. it's something to do with the human spirit, isn't it? You yeah. Know, that's what draws everybody out. And you hear so much shit on the TV, you know, and all this negativity. That's yeah. And they're saying, this is the world we live in now. It's not really like, you know, that's just all no, the shit that they're, they're feeding us. Like, you know, this, yeah. especially in the world of mountain run, you really see it so many times. Yeah, I totally agree. The people who come out, the friends that I've made, um, I can honestly say that in the course of this uh, Big Four challenge, I have made some of the best friends I've ever had. Um, they just, they just, 
willing to help with anything and they check in on you for no, for no reason. I had a message from one of them today actually just saying, all right, Ross, how are you doing? I haven't spoken to you for a couple of weeks. I know you've been struggling. And I have had a bit of a rubbish couple of weeks uh, the, um, recently, but um, it's just great that there's mm. got all these people who care um, and it's come about because of this. And I know that because of this, I've helped other people um, with their own challenges or with their you know, personal challenges in their life that people have asked for advice or just simply seeing that I've been open and honest has helped them to go and get help. Because mm. um, it's, 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 it's a very isolated place to be, isn't it? Because the thing with mental health is the mask that you've got on yeah looks fantastic <laughs> yeah and it's all it. it's all happening internal and you feel like people just don't understand because it's so mm. isolating what you're going through but the outside world sees this you know somebody yeah. can run for rounds in, in sequence like um so it helps when you get those messages and it makes you feel yeah. not so isolated which then yeah. helps you come to terms with what you have to manage on a day-to-day -day basis because yeah. that word acceptance is huge, really, when you're going through that. And it's, it's understanding. It you just have to accept that. And listening to you talk about that so openly um, will help other people. There's absolutely no doubt about that. The key yeah. thing is not to keep it in. Absolutely. You, you have to share. You have to um, uh, tell people, whether it's your best friend, whether it's your family, your wife, your children, or whoever it might be, you've got to... Uh, let other people in to so that they can help you to find a way out and sometimes it's literally just talking mm. you talking about what you's going on in your life helps you go oh actually that isn't so bad as i thought it was or whatever but, but it's not about getting advice a lot of the time it's literally about opening up and, and letting letting others in helping you get in perspective of the current situation because it's hard to gauge that yourself what was it like the finish line then the finish must have been oh, extremely well. overwhelming like and something that it shows you how mad the mind is like because it releases so yeah. many different chemicals yeah well the last leg um it's probably the the section of the run that i know the best i have run over those fells of blencather and uh, skidor so many times before um and it was just so familiar. Um, as I was going from Great Calva up to Skiddle, um, it, it's where the sort of the the final energy just started, and I was just powering up that hill. I mean, I wasn't going as fast as I would go now, obviously, and I probably wasn't going that fast at all. But considering how tired I was, it felt like I was really going for it. Um, and I, as I got to the summit, the only thing I could think about was my friend Davy. And uh, I sh shouted out, "This is for you, Davy." Um, it it just it was just all 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 the suffering, all the pain that I was going through is nothing compared to what mm. he's been going through, you know. Um, but as I as I ca came over the summit, I could look down into Keswick. It was dark, and the lights of Keswick were twinkling away. You know, uh, I'll never forget that that image. Um, I've seen it before on many occasions, but that particular day on that moment when it was the wind was howling, it was quite cold. Um, it just felt good. I started going down the other side and my pace just picked up 
quicker and quicker and quicker. Uh, I've seen the footage since, and where I thought I was sprinting, I was barely jogging. <laughs> but it certainly felt like I was properly running, and that all these people around me who had come uh, for that last section, there was about eight of us, I think, nine of us by that point. Uh, it's like, these people are here for me, and they are here to support me and help me and uh, see me succeed. That's what, what it was. Um, and by the time we got down into Keswick, I was actually properly running and I actually stopped for a moment because I wanted everyone who was with me at that moment to cross the line with me rather than uh, not yeah. be able to because some of them couldn't keep up. <laughs> um, so, Your adrenaline kicking through the body. Uh, yeah, yeah. The amount of... Oh, and I hadn't had any ibuprofen for the whole of the week um, and I'd taken ibuprofen just before the summit of Skiddle. So... Uh, that was kicking in as well. <laughs> <laughs> but the adrenaline, the serotonin, the, um, uh, oh, the I can't, can't think of the name of the other one, but the, the other happy drug that you get, um, it, it was just, I'm doing it. I've done this. And I got into Keswick at the Moot Hall in 20, um, uh, six days and 23 hours. Uh, so just under the uh, seven day time limit. Now, the only unfortunate thing was it was about uh, 12 o'clock at night. Yeah. Or I think it was 11 o'clock. Um, but it was dark. The town was dead. There was no one there other than my people. Um, I think that if it was earlier in the day, there would have been probably more people around and cheering in and all that sort of thing. But my people were there, my friends, my family. And really, that's all I needed. But it would have been uh, kind of cool to have other people as well, you know. Uh, you seen Paul Tierney was... finishing the Wainwrights like and you're coming through a market day, you know, it's yeah. like a big festival that's going on. Everybody obviously appreciates what's going on as well. Like so Yeah. It's just a different energy. Yeah. But yeah, I, I got to the end and kind of big cheer and then it was just like, Oh, it's over. What a week. Uh what now? <laughs> and Maria handed me uh, uh, some pizza which I couldn't really stomach very well, and handed me a beer, which I had about two sips of, and didn't want any more. Um, and uh, that, that was that. Um, How did you reflect on that gone. then a couple of weeks later? You know, it's like when, you, when your body sort of recovers and you settle down. And, yeah. Because it, it, was, it was a mammoth task, but it was bigger than you were even thinking, really. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't really appreciate how, how big or how hard it was going to be. Um, uh, I had a good idea because the first attempt was so hard, but the second attempt was all of it. And I didn't really appreciate how hard it would be for sure. Um, and over the, the following couple of weeks, I, it was a big feeling of emptiness, to be honest, of what now? Because my entire life revolved around the big four for three years. Every day training, every day um, planning the, the, this or that, contacting different people. Get So it, it was a really big deal for three years. And suddenly, Party's all over. of that work, it's gone. It's finished. It's, it's quite gone. common that though, isn't it? That, that sort of mm. anticlimax is quite common yeah. after big events like that. 
Yeah, and I did get quite a lot of press and things, and that kind of helped carry the bubble a bit further. Mm. Um, where I had the BBC contacting me and the um, uh, Ultra Runner magazine and Trail magazine and um, all the, sorts. The of Inspirational things. Runner podcast, <laughs> of course. <laughs> he, he, he always comes in afterwards. So he does. He let, he lets everything settle and comes in. Absolutely, it's the best way. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah it, and I've done a few, a couple of podcasts and things, and it's been really, really cool. And the time uh, over the next few months, or the after the event, um, the following couple of months, it became a realization for me how big this thing was, um, because, like I say, when you live it and breathe it, and it's everything that you're about, for you, it's just your normal. Mm. Um, it's like if you're a hundred mile runner, that's easy, but for a five k runner, that's an immense amount of running, and they can't comprehend it, and you don't think of it in that way, and that was the same for me for the big things, um, and I, I now. I feel a lot more proud of what I've done, what I've achieved, and I'm more happy to accept that actually what I did was bloody awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm not saying that somebody else can't do it. Of course they can. I'm I'm just yeah. an average runner who just had a lofty goal and achieved it. Um, and loads of people do that. I mean, but that that uh, is that is the key thing though, and that's one thing that sort of comes through on the podcast. It wouldn't matter if I was talking to Damien Hall or Beth Beth Pascal. They're mm. all ordinary people, yeah. believe it or not. Like they just work yeah, damn absolutely. hard and they've had a goal and a focus. Yeah. Like, and it's how like look at Courtney Dewalter. You know, yeah. I, I almost said she's as ordinary as you can get. She's not ordinary at all, actually. Forget, <laughs> there's another edit. We'll leave Courtney out of it. But they are, we're just normal people. It doesn't matter what level you are, yeah. you know, especially for these type of sort of mountain runs. The ability's yeah. in there with the right focus, determination, and the why behind that. Yeah. And that's a big, a big factor, I think, is that um, you can have an idea of some big challenge to do, but it's if it's only that and there isn't a big why behind it then the motivation is often quite difficult i think mm. and like damien hall is a perfect example of that where he is uh spreading the word about uh, the environment and being carbon neutral and did his pennine way at, uh, record whilst picking up litter and that's really really cool um and my dog's barking at the chickens <laughs> um, but it's yeah the why is important you need a strong and deep why because it's hard. And if you don't have that, you will give up. Yeah, it's, it's that, that is that. absolutely true. Uh, and um, my general why of promoting and talking about mental health is important. And I've had very recent messages from uh, someone who I know. I'm not obviously not going to mention his name as private, but he pretty much has said that if he hadn't seen, hadn't had mm. the sort of uh, virtual support from uh, my my posts, then he probably wouldn't be here right now. That is just, it just blows me away and makes me feel quite emotional to think he, um, uh, he's, 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 you can have that, that. Yeah, you can have that um, impact still, on people. Still living. Yeah. Uh, Robbie, I've just had a message on the screen uh, saying, are you still around? Automatically leaving session in 44 seconds. Dun, 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 boom. I don't know how to stop that. <laughs> well, 
Well, do you know what we're going to do? We've got 30 seconds to oh, finish. You oh, you got it. You got it. Okay. Yeah, it's a little bar I had to press. Well, we're coming to the <laughs> um, end anyway. I think we've done a, we yeah. unpacked that really well. Just one last thing to touch on as well. Like, you did go back and do the Bob Graham like a month after. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> yeah, that was a stupid idea, but I did it. Uh, basically, Pav, who helped me on the Ramsey round, he uh, he's, uh, he's Polish and... Uh, He's the only Polish person to have done all three rounds. Um, and the Bob Graham was his last one in that. And he's done all three within a calendar year. Um, and so that he he said, right, I'm going to go and do this on this date. Um, and I said, well, would you mind if I just kind of tag along and uh, I'll just stop when I haven't got it, anything left in me and I'll, I'll try to finish it, but I won't. I won't hinder your attempt. This is your attempt, no matter what. And so I was carrying my own kit for it. Um, and uh, I had a bit of extra support from Maria. She came along and helped on the road crossings to make me some food and things. But I just thought, yeah, it'd be nice to do the Bob Graham within the 24 hours in the same sort of period that I did the Big Four. That was the idea. Without the um, pressure as well. And without the pressure, without the stress, uh, really. And... I, I got round to Honister and I was just sitting around chatting and nattering, eating loads of food and uh, the support crew were just will you just F off? I'm sick of you here. Just get on. Get, get back to Keswick now. <laughs> so they're literally kicking me out because I was just relaxing, enjoying it. Uh, got round in 23 hours dead. Um, so uh, I was well happy with it and it did just tick a box. It, it was a bit of a box, box ticking, but it was still hard. Don't get me wrong. I did suffer, um, yeah. but it was a, it was ticking the box and getting it done. But um, it's, it's amazing though. Your body recovers very quickly, you know, to be able to do that. Yeah. The four rounds, then a month later to go and do it again like that. That is quick. Although I wasn't recovered. Yeah. Any by any stretch, my and I, I'm only really coming uh, recovering now, um, yeah. and this four months on from that five months on. Um, yeah, there's deep fatigue yeah, yeah, there, isn't there? Yeah, 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 <laughs> definitely. Um, I, and uh, the deep mental fatigue as well as these sort of struggles with that. But yeah, it it takes a long time to get back after this. After so that, you do so. have to be careful with that then, because. Obviously, the question that is there, you know, what's the next big thing? But you, you always want to do bigger and better. That's just that's a human nature. But you have to be yeah. careful with that because what you bit off was such a big chunk. Yeah, well, I've had ideas of things, um, but as you said, this was a big, big thing from nothing to a massive, massive thing. So it wasn't like a gradual progression of do this and then do that and then do that, um, and. I am very well aware that to try and better it, to have a bigger challenge, <laughs> is just not practical. Um, yeah. I have a couple of ideas of, of things to do that are um, less, less sort of logistically challenging, but still uh, less risky, less risky, but, but doable. Yeah, significant things. Uh, uh, I really want to help other people as well. Mm. I was out with Tom Hollands on his uh, attempt at a winter Wainwrights. Um, unfortunately, it didn't succeed. Um, and I was meant to be going out to help um, James, who should have finished about 20 minutes ago on his win winter Wainwrights. And that would be the first ever winter Wain Wainwright round. 
Um, there goes the next uh, podcast. Like, yeah, well, absolutely. <laughs> J- James Gibson, it'd be really interesting for you to have James Gibson and Tom Hollands on the same uh, uh, yeah. conversation because what, they were both doing it at the same time separately. Um, but yeah, that'd be really cool. So yeah, I've, I, I want to focus a bit of time on helping other people with their things because it's, it's so rewarding. I thoroughly enjoyed helping Tom earlier this week. Um, and yeah, I want to do more of that. I want to more, help more people. Yeah, that's it really. Just There will be something else. Just don't know exactly what yet. That's excellent. Ross, we're going to finish on that. That's a great episode for... The good thing about the mountain rounds is when we do an episode on it, the longer it is, the better. Because when you're out there, <laughs> that's when you tend to listen to it. So we try and stretch yeah. them out as, as much as possible. But they do they really do help. Like, um, I was actually in the mate went for a long run yesterday and I was listening to Ian Keith. Oh, um, yeah. And it's just great, you know, the suffering and all that he was going through. And I definitely wasn't suffering on a 12-mile run. I went out in no. a pure gale, <laughs> lashing down with rain. It was really miserable, but I enjoyed listening to his suffering because it yeah. made me feel better about what I was doing. Absolutely. And that's, that's what this episode will do. Like, you know, so, no, I really appreciate your time today. So thank you. Oh, no problem. It's been a pleasure. Thank you yeah. for inviting me on. No, not at all. Have to say, I really love this episode. I'm very nearly went out for the Dennis ranking a couple of days after the recording, but decided to wise up as I've eaten way too many mince pies over the last few weeks, months, years. Um, editing the podcast continues to be an issue, but I have James Gibson, who has just completed a Winter Wainwrights in record time, and Keelan Kilrell, who won team gold for Ireland in the European Cross Country Championships both in queue, so we'll hopefully get those out over the next few days. Until then, have an enjoyable Christmas, stay safe, and keep on moving.